This is episode 71 of the Popcast. Welcome to the Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. An announcement to start this episode of the podcast, we are taking a week off next week so we can focus on celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday this week. But before we do that, Maureen, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, honey? I am good. We have some follow-up from last week because right after we released our podcast episode, you know, we talked about Taylor Swift. We talked about that whole thing. Right after we put our podcast episode out, well, it looks like that Taylor Swift will be able to perform her music at the American Music Awards, which is actually happening right now as we record this podcast. So we're not watching the American Music Awards, but I think she's performing some sort of a, a medley of her songs. So Josh go. literally saw this announced on TV, and he goes, "Our podcast changed changed the world. Like it our podcast everything. influenced. It did something. It actually like, well, didn't do anything, probably. But yes, yeah, so Taylor Swift. Timing. Yeah, pretty great timing. Taylor Swift is allowed by her record label, Big Machine Records, to perform her older songs. So I guess she might be performing as we speak." But we're so dedicated to the podcast, we've got to record Sunday night, and we we don't have time for the American Josh Music Awards. Josh keeps a tight schedule, everyone. Keep a tight he, schedule. He does not let me slack. That's right. Maureen, we just have a couple snack bag topics this week. The first one, you know the movie Frozen? Yes. Well, it had a sequel that happened. Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Very uh, inventive name there. Frozen 2, Lost with Weird Magical Creatures? No, it's just Frozen 2, but that, that would be an okay subtitle. So Frozen 2 opened this past weekend. It opened to one hundred twenty-seven million dollars at you were the box say, office. Like little girls, <laughs> oh, I'm sure a lot yeah. of them were little girls, but that's a lot of money. For comparison, the first one made sixty-seven million dollars in its opening weekend. Now it did open on a Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so the total gross for the first you know weekend plus the extra two days over Thanksgiving was about. 90 some million dollars but even still this one doesn't compare i mean it's huge well because now everyone's a fan who is going to see this little little kids families with little kids yeah i think we talked about this when when we heard that the they were doing another one but if people were interested when the first one came out are they still interested or are we having a whole new generation who have seen the movie on dvd or on streaming and they are the ones who love Elsa. When did and the Anna. first one come out? Came out six years ago in 2013. If you were like maybe six and you saw this, and now you're 11, you still want to see this. Six years ago. Let's go. Let's do our math here. Oh, 12. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> six plus <laughs> six is 11. All right. All right. So it's I guess late. so. But, I'm tired. But think about it. If you're 12, that's a big difference. Like, you, yeah, you're. No are longer. you too cool for school to but like be watching Frozen sibling, too? Like who? I guess. I don't know. I, I, I really do think it's a lot of the new generation of people that, that saw it after the fact. I'm not thinking that any kids who were, you know, like 7, 8, 9, 10 when they saw Frozen 1 are like rushing to the theater as like a 16-year-old now to go All see right, Frozen well, 2. Our friends were just here. Um, they're visiting family in town for Thanksgiving. Peter, one of our super listeners. Hello, Peter. Peter has been on this podcast before. He did the baseball movies oh, ranking. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Peter has many of his own podcasts on Vernacular. Yes, that's right. But their daughter and son are five and 
three and they really want to see this movie. They were, we were talking about seeing it in theaters tonight. So they may not have seen it, obviously, when it first came out, but they've seen it since then. So you're right that this is like a second generation. So I certainly think that the that the explosion of Disney Plus will help because Frozen is, I think it's on there. And so people will but discover also, it. It's so merchandise. Like you go into Target and it's like frozen sleeping bags, frozen socks, frozen lunch boxes, frozen. Like even if they haven't seen this movie, they've probably seen these two girls. Or Olaf the Snowman. Or Olaf the Snowman. Caleb, by the way, calls Olaf. We have toothpaste we got from the dentist, a little travel kid's crest toothpaste. Does it have Olaf it on it? It has Olaf on it. And Caleb took it out of the cabinet the other day. He goes, Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Caleb hasn't seen it. Obviously, he hasn't seen Frozen. No, I guess you're right. I think, I think someone was telling me that the most important thing for an animated franchise is the ability to, you know, produce merchandise. Yeah. Because think about the the Cars franchise for Pixar. Those are not universally revered as like the greatest Pixar movies, but they have sold the most stuff. Really? Yes, people love all, my my mom, who's a preschool teacher. She says that the kids have all the like Lightning McQueen lunch boxes and backpacks and We have a book, but other than that. I mean people love it. We don't have any other books from the other Pixar movies. You don't have an you don't have a Wally book. You don't have a an up book. We don't have Toy Story anything? Okay, Toy Story is an exception. There we don't I don't think we do, but I can see that having, you know, books and merchandise, Woody mm-hmm. and and Buzz Lightyear, or as Caleb calls them, Buzz Buzz, mm-hmm. which I think is really fun. Yeah, those are definitely that's a merchandisable franchise. But most of the Pixar movies, you don't see people walking around with like even like Monsters, Inc. Those are like fluffy animals. But who has those? Yeah. Not very many people. Some, I'm sure, but not a lot. So I think it really is all about the how can I, you know, make a profit beyond just the movie? Frozen has done an impeccable job with that. Yes. All right. Our second and and last snack bag topic for this week. I don't know if we talked about this. Did we talk about the Golden Globes host yet? No. The is there a host? There is a host for the Golden Globes. It is going to be for the fifth time, Ricky Gervais. He says it's going to be his last time hosting like the Golden Globes. Okay. I, w- I wanted to get your, your reaction to this. So you're not a fan. I shouldn't say I don't like him. I'm sure he's a lovely human. I don't find his comedy as appealing. So I you're think not it's a little dark for my tastes. I think he's funny. And I think that the reason that I like him for this particular award show is because it is so loose and lighthearted and he just sort of gets up there and makes fun of everybody. Yeah. I think that's probably what you don't like. Yeah. You don't really like the making fun of thing. I don't think you would like watching a roast. No, 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 no. You wouldn't want to see someone being roasted? No, especially by people they know. Ooh, even more uncomfortable. Yeah. So Ricky Gervais will be back for the Golden Globes fifth time he says it's his last time and he said his main collaborators this time are a bunch of lawyers (laughs) what does that mean he just wants to make sure that he doesn't say anything that's going to get him in trouble so i also just wonder like do these hosts like do they are they that funny or is it their writers you know like are they even writing any of this stuff is it just that they can stand and deliver it like i'm sure they write some of it but they do have a team of writers and i think a lot of it is about delivery like you have to be confident enough to deliver your material on stage in an effective way in front of millions of people who are watching at home and a big judgmental audience there i don't know i think he's funny you don't think he's like a funny person he's definitely funny his i just don't his sen- his type of comedy does not appeal to me as much. What do you think the reasoning for someone wanting to do a hosting job is? Like money? Yeah, but it can't be that much Exposure? money. Exposure? I guess. No, I think it's money. You think it's money? I don't think it's that much money. I don't think that the hosts of these award shows I think it's is money like breaking and the bank. 
and exposure and awareness. I could see the exposure thing if you have a project coming out, but you know, I was thinking about it because they still haven't announced whether there's going to be an Oscars host this year. There was none last year. It went okay, I guess, but you know, there's a there's a new set of producers this year, so there very well could be a host this year. And I think that the one that they've talked about kicking around is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He'd be fun. I think he'd be fun, but but what does he need that for? Like, I guess exposure, but he's already incredibly popular. He makes millions of dollars for making movies like Jumanji. You know, what is he what does he gain from hosting the Oscars? Is it just one of those things where he can say, like, kids, I hosted the Oscars? Maybe. Would you host the Oscars if you were famous? Yeah. Why not? I Leo know. would not. No, he wouldn't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just to me, it's, it's just one of those things that it's a thankless job. Even if you're amazing, someone's going to say something like that wasn't good or this that's wasn't good. That's how every role is that they do. No, I don't think that's In true. In Hollywood? I don't think yes. that's true. Every single movie, there's definitely going to be someone who doesn't like it. What would you say if Lin-Manuel Miranda was the host of the Oscars? Mm, I'd be like, stay in your own lane. <laughs> I'd be like, come on. Tony's, so, yes. So if he hosted Oscars? the Tony's, you'd be okay with that. Yeah. But if he hosted the Oscars, he's a movie guy now. He was in Mary Poppins, remember? Don't forget. Mm, he's a movie star. Yeah. Could he host the Emmys because he's in a TV show now? What TV show is he in? He's in an HBO show called His Dark Materials, which is based on a book series. And I saw that it was like, how are people going to feel about Lin-Manuel being in a series where he doesn't sing? Like, it's not is musical. He good? I don't know. I haven't seen any of it. But they said, you know, like, are people going to take him seriously because it's not a musical? And literally the first clip I saw of him, he's singing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know it's not a musical, but. I just, here's my thing. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a genius. He is an absolute genius. But his zone of genius is in writing and composing. What about performing? He's been the lead in both of his musicals. I know. And I don't think his <laughs> voice is that great. His voice is not that great. He's a, he's an okay performer. But is he? that's because he's performing something he wrote. Like, I think his zone of genius is his writing. All right. Should we move on to our premiere topic this Let's week? Do it. I sort of renamed what we're doing here. So you said Wheel of Disney, yeah. which was only partially correct because we're doing... Disney original movies. Wheel so, of Disney original movies. Wheel of Disney originals, also known as Wodo. 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 So as you guys might remember, last week we spun a wheel that had six Disney Channel original movies on it, and it landed on Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Much to my delight. Which was a 1999 Disney Channel original movie, and we're going to talk about it today. Before we get started, I'm going to give a little brief overview of the movie I didn't write anything down for the the summary because I wanted to see if I could just summarize. I'd never seen this movie before. So I'm going to give a little summary now. Maureen, you can tell me how I did. Okay. Okay. So a 13-year-old girl saves her space station from an evil conglomerate. Yeah, that's pretty much... That's it. <laughs> Is that it? That's pretty I mean, that's the one-sentence summary. Okay. So Maureen, you've gone on record before by saying that you hate movies and stories where I teenagers... I thought about this. She has the Katniss complex. Where the teenagers save the day much to like the delight of all other teenagers but like the the adults are really dumb so i've decided that this is just young adult like it just is written for teens to be the heroines well i didn't realize this this movie is based on a book or a book series and the movie was directed by some guy named kenneth johnson and it starred someone named kirsten storm she plays xenon uh, also stars raven simone who you guys might remember from the cosby show she was then on her own disney channel original show called that's so raven 
she was she's probably the most famous person who was in this movie would you say yeah there's also a guy named gregory smith who plays the love interest for xenon he i'm saying this as like my 13 year old self 14 year old self not my old self but he was so dreamy in this movie and even now watching it back i found myself watching it and feeling like i was 13 again and just i mean like the the whole first like 10 minutes he's on screen he doesn't have any lines he just has like smoldering looks at xenon and you're like oh you and your little bowl cut are so adorable so i said to maureen this is the guy from everwood he was on the tv show everwood he was the lead on that never saw it maureen never saw it that was also chris pratt's first major role and Chris Pratt has obviously gone on to be incredibly famous. All right, so Maureen, we watched this movie, and the first thing I want to talk about is just our overall impressions of the movie. How many times did you say you've seen this? I mean, I have not seen it in the past 15 years. But you've seen it multiple times. I've saw it many, many times. Right. So yeah. these movies used to play on Disney Channel. They would premiere, and then they would play over and over again. So there was ample opportunity to see it. I don't know why I never saw it. I saw a lot of the other movies that came out around this time. But I guess, should I give my impression first since I've never seen it? Yeah. Okay, the movie is not great. Okay, Okay, are you joking? But look, I want to explain. I want to explain. First of all, the movie is supposed to take place in 2049. And I want to talk about this stuff. It came out in 1999. It came out in 1999, yes, uh, which was 20 years ago. So we'll talk a little bit about sort of like what they got right and what they didn't get right. But I will say that it just feels very late 90s to me. And And I mean that like half the movie takes place on earth and it feels like it's not 2049 it feels like it yeah that was actually amazing there was like a scene where there's like rollerbladers and i was like honey rollerblades rollerbladers and scooters (laughs) now what i'll say about this is if you think about a movie like back to the future which also has scenes that take place in the future in back to the future 2 it feels like they did a little bit more in that movie to like guess what was going to happen in in the future this movie feels a little bit like they didn't spend a lot of time world building but they got some things like really right okay well we'll get back to that but let, let me get my overall impressions of, of the movie overall overall impressions of the movie overall well That's honey it. i'm i'm trying to let you do that but you keep digressing <laughs> i know Focus. okay uh i just thought when i was watching it the writing is pretty bad the story itself now if I put myself in like a teenager's shoes i can see why this would be like an exciting movie and if i put myself 20 years ago Maybe this would feel very futuristic and it would feel exciting, but watching it now, it just doesn't quite hold up. And and maybe it's just because it's not for my age and it's not like a cinematic work of genius, but it... Okay, are you done? Can I share mine now? (laughs) I I can't. I can't contain myself. Okay. This is not an Oscar contender, Josh. You have to like judge it for what it is. I didn't say it was. But I, and maybe this is just my rose-colored glasses, but I remember other Disney Channel movies being better. Josh, this is Wodo, okay? You have to, like, think (laughs) about it that way. So I had a completely opposite reaction to Josh's. I watched this and was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be, like, lame and make me sad that this movie is so bad. But I actually watched it and thought, dang, this is a really good movie. Like, it was good in 99, and it's held up pretty well. Tell me why you think it holds up. I think it holds up because it's a made for 13-year-old, probably even younger, made for like 11 to 13-year-old movie. And the story is, I mean, like, I don't know. It's kind of compelling. I think it's geared for girls. The, the main character is a girl. And the guys are all pretty auxiliary. There's no, like, guy you, like, really relate to. But I think as, like, uh, I remember watching this as a young girl. Like, it's very inspiring. Like, you, you like I wanted to be Xenon. She's a very strong female lead. Like, she straight up 
the <laughs> love interest is like making moony eyes at her and she's like if you're gonna kiss me zetus lapidus if you're gonna kiss me already just do it i mean like there's a lot in there that's like can you explain the zetus lapidus for people who haven't seen the movie um yeah it's like kind of like a oh my gosh or like come on already or like a, or holy smokes yeah i actually thought that the dialogue was something that I really enjoyed watching back this time and that I did not appreciate when I was watching it in 1999. And that's like they have done this like, you know, it's not like super, super highbrow intelligent, but I think they've done a lot, a lot with taking different space related words and and making them into part of everyday um and not even space related but like you know there's a whole lingo of like if something's major or minor or micro or macro that gets added on after whatever it is to like modify it no okay so here's my thing about the movie yes it's not an oscar contender we can't expect it to be that's not what it was supposed to be but i think when i think back at some of the other disney channel original movies that i really liked that hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about on this podcast at some point i think about one of the movies called motocross do you remember that one no because it was for boys no it wasn't the main character was a girl in that it was all about like bike racing through the dirt but that's not the point that's not the the point of it is not like what the main premise was for me that movie i don't mean that in a gendered way like it was only for boys i mean like for me there were certainly ones that were geared more towards for me as a teenage girl or like a tween girl it didn't pique my interest okay you watch something you watch johnny tsunami right yes okay so some of these movies Despite the fact that they're goofy and the dialogue might be silly and the acting might not be great. Xenon is way better than Johnny Tsunami. But just, you're not even listening to what I'm saying. I have a problem major with you cutting me off. Okay. Okay, so what I was going to say is that those movies and some of the Disney Channel original movies seem to have an underlying theme that was bigger than just the silly plot. And for me, I don't see what that was in Xenon because all it was really was this corporate organization the Wyndham Foundation trying to make this space station where all these people live explode. So I they guess. could collect insurance. So they could money. collect insurance money. And this thirteen year old girl Xenon came to the rescue. Now I'm all for Yeah, but the themes could be like trust your gut, like stand up for yourself, but never no one, give up. No one believed in Xenon. But she saved everybody. Yeah, at the very last second. Literally I, the last second. That was amazing. So to me, the movies that regardless of how silly they are, the ones that work better are ones that have an underlying theme. Like thinking about motocross. Now, I know that you didn't like it because, or you didn't watch it because it it was about motorcycle racing and dirt bike racing. But the whole premise was the fact that this girl couldn't compete because she was a girl. And so she cut her hair and she entered all of these races as a boy. Like to me, that has a deeper underlying theme that people can learn something from. This movie didn't really have that. And so for me, that's why I don't love this as much as maybe some of the other ones. Again, I could just be rose-colored glasses because I'd seen all the other ones and liked them when I was younger, and I didn't see this one. But I that's kind of my perspective. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. But I think that the beyond the theme, I think all of the Disney Channel original movies are probably, with maybe the exception of like the apartheid one, like I think they're all a little bit shallow and designed to be so, not in a bad way, but just because sometimes you need to eat cotton candy rather no, than I like No, I think that's stew. totally fine. But what I was going to say is I I think we're going to have the experience. My prediction is that the ones that we've seen as kids and experienced- We're going to like more. We're going to like. Because this movie isn't for a tw- like 
someone in their early 30s. You don't think it's for a 31-year-old guy? <laughs> I don't. So this is the first Disney Channel original movie that had a sequel. It had a sequel in, 2000, the sequel. in 2001 called Xenon the Sequel, and then it had a third movie called Z3 that came out in 2004. And I will point out there is a character in this, in this uh, first one called Protozoa. He's supposed to be sort of like a Justin Timberlake, Nick... Nick Carter sort of stand in as like a boy band they were heartthrob. They a little more rocky than. Yeah, I guess so. But I think generally, I yeah. mean, what you were saying is that this came out right about the boy Hype band. Of the boy band. Yeah. And so I think this guy was supposed to be sort of a stand in. So the character of Protozoa, who's the lead in this band, Microbe, he comes back for the sequel. The character is also in Z3, but the actor did not return. I hate that. So I wonder, what did he have going on that was better than his role as Anything. Protozoa? Yeah, that's a little weird. All right, Maureen, let's jump into a couple more questions here. I want to talk about things that I noticed in the film that they that held up 20 years later, or well, like that they predicted. It's interesting you say that because that was my next question. So what did they predict that aged well and what didn't? So you pointed out two things you thought that they got right. Yeah. So they basically have FaceTime. Like they have these little like tablet kind of thingies and they, I forget what they call it in the movie. Um, I can't remember like either. Like zap screen or something like that. But basically they're FaceTiming. And they're kind of like iPads. Yeah. And then they, they boop the person, <laughs> like Caleb calls it. Um, but it's like, you know, they face FaceTime each other. And I just thought that was really interesting. In 1999, that was something we would never have thought of possible. This was before texting. It was really before like web and webcams yeah. and anything like that. So the fact that they got FaceTime so accurately in my mind was really cool. And the other thing was self-driving cars, like mm -hmm. autopilot. The kids were like, oh, I can drive my dad's car. Just plug in the coordinates and it does everything by itself. Or maybe not there yet. But again, this was supposed to be 2049. We are. I mean, the, like Teslas can do that. Yeah, can... but I mean, it's not as prevalent. No. What they didn't get right, though, let's talk about all the stuff they didn't get right because this is pretty fun. Wait, was there anything else that, that was they got like... right? Mm, I don't think so. They did not get right the fact that everybody in 2049 apparently drives a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a like current day version of the Volkswagen. They didn't even try to like reinvent that. I mean, obviously, this is not a hugely high budget movie, so it's not like they could build their own cars. One of the other things I thought was absolutely absurd was that whenever they're typing on a computer, which, by the way, the computers look pretty much like they did in the late 90s with like boxy keyboards and wingdings. they were. Yeah. But every time they typed, they were typing in, in wingdings, which which was supposed to, I think, be like their new language. But it was clearly just wingdings. So that was pretty silly. Yeah. Which is a font on a computer, if you haven't heard of that. Yes. Anything else that you found that didn't age particularly well? I think we should talk about xenon's parents and how like blissfully ignorant they are and like they just ground her. i mean like that's something that didn't necessarily hold up to me like the whole like parental relationship they basically like send her to earth because they're so mad at her that she's been like you know basically doing these hijinks around the ship to like tr try to save people they don't believe her they ground her and then basically she comes back saves the day and they're like we're so proud of you we love you so much oh my gosh we always believed in you i mean like they did not always believe in her. I know they did not, but also I think I just think the parent-teen relationship there is probably like incredibly unrealistic. Yeah, I will say also didn't age particularly well that Xenon does a spacewalk by herself in the beginning of the movie. She just like floats away from oh, the yeah. ship. And also, I hate to say it, the computer graphics are well, yeah, they're they just did the terrible. Best they could. Yeah, but here's my thing: if you're gonna do a movie like this, try to reduce the amount of times you have to see a clearly animated space shuttle flying through the air i mean it was really really bad and that just did not hold up again so, this was never in theaters this was 
but I'm, but I'm saying if you're going to make movie. a movie that's set in space, maybe don't make everything look like plastic around the ship. I mean, mm-hmm. every time they went through a door, it had the sound of like a metal door clanging together and it looked like pieces of plastic wobbling into place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe just try to don't cut so many corners. I don't know. Something like that. Let's talk about the amazing song. Yeah. So I guess the we right, have to the talk microbe about, song. Yeah. So it, the, the movie culminates with this concert on the space station where Xenon's favorite band, Microbe, I guess it's everybody. It seems like no one doesn't like Microbe. It's the only band. It's the only band in the world in 2049, Microbe. So they go and they perform this song. And look, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a bop. The song is catchy. I mean, it's kind of catchy. Maureen, do you want to Zoom, zoom, zoom. You make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova girl. Beautiful. Yeah, the song is not bad. It's not something Honey, I Honey, would... you just said beautiful to me like we say to Caleb after he like, <laughs> makes up something. Yeah, it's not a great song, but it's not terrible. It I definitely it... wasn't the worst thing. I, do, I will say it played a little bit too long at the end. Like they did a full performance of it at the very end of the movie. I mean, I was We could have done with like a minute and a half less. Ooh, ooh. Another thing that they got kind of weirdly right slash wrong was viral was one of the like adjectives that they had placed on things and they used it to mean bad like it was like something super viral is happening or whatever mm, and interesting viral we use today like that's a term something's we use it in terms of like video going viral or something going viral but that's it has a positive connotation yeah that's interesting at least when not talked about medically all right maureen i want to ask you why is the acting so bad or is it just that the writing's bad okay so i, I want to say like she's 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 not She's over the top in a way that the others are. Everybody's over the top. But even the lines that like the parents deliver back and forth to each other when they're talking, the lines are very normal lines. And yet they deliver them <laughs> in such a terrible way. Uh, the parents are maybe one of the worst parts. Who's worse? The parents or Aunt Judy? The parents. Because the parents are trying to be serious. At least Aunt Judy's trying to be like goofy. I just feel like that's one of the that's one of the downsides of these movies. And it's and it's true throughout all of the Disney Channel original movies, regardless of whether we think they're fun or not. The acting is just not great. Yeah. And these are probably people who like trained their whole lives and they're in this like (laughs) they finally got their shot. Yeah. In a Disney Channel movie and it just didn't work out. They're trained on Chekhov. (laughs) Stanislavski. How do I do use my Stanislavski training here? Okay, so last thing I want to do at the end of every Wodo here is we're going to give, how many Mickey Mouses do you give this out of five with five Mickey Mouses? 4.5. What? No hesitation. Maureen, we're going to review more of these. I don't care. You just gave it one of this the highest Mickey Mouses. This is a very sentimental factor for me. Okay. And I quite enjoyed the rewatch. I thought that I wouldn't. I didn't even fall asleep once. We did watch it over th- three days, two days. I fell asleep during most of the How I Met Your Mother's. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I'm gonna put myself in like a 12 year old shoes, but I I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in my own shoes. And if I were to have seen this when I was 12, like when it was 1999, I guess I'd give it three Mickey Mouse's. Okay. It, it can't get any higher than that. It's just not that good. It's I think okay. It's delightful. It's okay. All right. So I will say it's. I felt like it was completely. PG like there was nothing like this would be oh, yeah, totally definitely. but a lot of movies like that today are not like there was no there was nothing that was inappropriate I'm going to change my score I'm going to go to 2.5 Mickey Mouse's <gasps> and here's why here's why you just made me think of something this movie unlike some of the other Disney Channel movies I'm hurt would not hold up for a current 11 or 12 year old 
Like, I think they would see this and be like, this is so out of date feeling. And that is mainly because the movie is about the future. Who has an 11 or 12 year old and can watch this? Because I disagree. I think they would like it. No, I think that if you showed them one of the ones that is supposed to take place in a relatively just generic time period, they would like it more than they would like something that is supposed to be set in the future where they've clearly gotten so many things wrong. So I'm going to reduce my score to 2.5 Mickey Mouses. Rude. Please let us know what you would give this movie. Did you watch it or did you just enjoy listening along to us? Kevin and Kathy watched it, two of our super listeners, and they were texting saying that they liked it. Well, I can't wait to hear how many Mickey Mouses they give it. Oh, we will do our spin for the next time the week before we do it. So whenever that is, we'll do our next spin. Obviously, Xenon will be out, but maybe Xenon no, the we sequel. don't need to put the sequels on. We don't need to put the sequels on. Okay, no. Yeah. So we're going to add one movie. We still have five on there from the last time. We'll add one more. Feel free we'll to send us in your favorite Disney or Channel original movies. Or I guess if it's Wheel of Disney Originals, the series could fit in there too. And we would yeah. watch like maybe the first two episodes. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Maureen, let's close things out with our teasers for this week. I will go first with mine. Maureen graciously let me go to the movies by myself and I got to go see Ford versus Ferrari, which I really enjoyed. Maureen, I came home from the movie and Maureen was like, did you like it? And I was like, yeah. She was like, but did you though? <laughs> it's about car racing. I will say, here's the thing about the it's movie. It's not only about car racing. It's about two car companies racing each other. Yes, but like... you don't even know what it's about because you didn't see it. I'm telling you. You're welcome. I made all your dreams come true. Yeah. So I went to see the movie. The movie theater was packed. It was completely full. It was Saturday night, but, you know, it was still full. And what I think was great about this movie is that it has great acting. Christian Bale and Matt Damon are both great. Great direction by James Mangold. The story is about car racing, which I am not into at all. Like, I don't care at all about NASCAR or, or Indy or whatever. I really like this movie. It's really interesting. And it's more about, like, per people pursuing what they want to do, people pursuing their dreams and and trying to find ways to make that happen. And it's just like a fun sports movie. So even if you're not in a racing, I would definitely recommend it. It was really good, really well done. And I think it could contend for some Oscars this year, much to Maureen's disappointment. Ugh. I mean, like even just listening to you talk about it, like people following their dreams and like, this is just like the themes that you were talking about, like how motocross was about like, you know, gender equality and like letting girls have a chance to play all kinds of sports. And Xenon was just fluffy. Meanwhile, this is about like a bunch of bros being like, I want to race my car faster than you just to say I could do it. It doesn't hold up for me. Maureen, save your judgment for when you see it. I've never seen it. Do you like Christian Bale? Yeah. Do you like Matt Damon? Yeah. Then I think you might like this movie. Will I stay awake? I think you would stay awake. It's very loud and exciting. Mm. Okay. All right. Maureen. What? It's like a grown-up Fast and the Furious. No, it's not like that. That's what you think, but it's not. Okay, guys. Josh is giving this like a million Mickeys, so everyone better <laughs> go see it. Maureen, what is your teaser for this week? I don't really have a teaser, you guys. I'm thinking... So I'll mention some things that I've been watching lately. I think I've mentioned them before. Queer Eye Japan. Yes, that was your teaser last week. Yes, I finished it. It's really good. I really like the cultural things there. I finished watching the fall finale of A Million Little Things. That show is hands down the most depressing like no one can ever catch a break but the episode was really good so if you watch it it's worth watching but i would say that in general my teaser for this coming week especially since it's thanksgiving is that i'm really trying to think about ways to be like slowing down a little bit and like savoring time at home and with family during the holiday season and i'm not quite sure how to do that the best yet so like some of my ideas are you know maybe less screen time and more reading or like lighting candles or drinking tea um, but I would love to hear from you guys if you have any like 
winter holiday traditions that you really like and that help you slow down. I don't necessarily mean like things you're going to do on Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah. I mean more like, you know, at this time of year, I like to, you know, go to bed an hour earlier and read or I don't know. I'm looking for ways to kind of slow down and, and savor the season. So that's where my head's at. All right, so we will be back on December 9th with a brand new episode, a very special episode with some special guests. I'm really looking forward to that one. So we will talk to you then. Thanks so much for a great episode. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. So what you're saying is you didn't love him in Mary Poppins Returns. I didn't love him. I did not love him either. He wasn't awful, but he wasn't special. And he is so special at what he writes. He was like, I'm a lap lawyer. <laughs> I'm a lap lawyer. Okay. Is that how we talk? Well, I don't remember. Did but he that speak was better bad. than I did? Maybe. I couldn't even understand those words. I'm a lamplighter. I mean, Didn't... I know. Oh, but... so you did understand the words. Okay. <laughs>